Guys, Matt Steele told me the funniest thing just now, and he can't tell you. I'm sorry. Oh, it's so funny. It's just too dirty. It's too secretive. It's in the secret files. It's in the vault, but it's not dirty, but it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, you know, some things we gotta we gotta distance ourselves from the people, from the fans. I know? mean, we gotta yes. have that like sort of uh, sort of mysterious air, like beyond. Sometimes Beyonce. we work with professional people, and they say and do things that are very funny, hilarious. <laughs> but and this not. thing like isn't like offensive. It's just no, like, really it was not funny. offensive. But it's just like what? That's <laughs> uh, your. What's up? You know, <laughs> I'm just going to grab one of these snacks under your desk. No, they're mine. I bought them. <laughs> he has this box of like protein chips or yes. something hidden under his desk. I mean, I need to put them in my um my cabinet, my cupboard up there, but I haven't done it yet. So mm, it's fine. You know, you know I know yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I can I see you it. like crawling out of bed and going in the middle of the night with like a hunger. No, like no, that, that, that doesn't, your no, that doesn't happen, darling. No, no. Especially during the week when we're doing our, no, you don't eat during the week. No, <laughs> I mean, no, no. I eat eating is eat. for the weekends. <laughs> I eat during the week, but not at night, darling. We do the, um, intermittent fasting. So I eat. Between Whoa. I'm already tuned out. <laughs> I eat between. Well, I try to do between noon and eight. That sounds but like usually hell. it's like one to nine. And tonight I stopped eating at nine thirty. So it's like, can I make it till one thirty tomorrow to eat? Did I not just tell you I tuned <laughs> out? I'm How sorry. I subject I, me to this awful story. It's not an awful story. After I've given you such a great story. I, you can give the people. <laughs> if, it's, if it didn't get given to the people, then it was not given to me. I'm one of the people. You need to learn about that. Mm. This is not a love. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Two Game Mats. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. And we're making it through. You know what? We're making it through a lot. Have I had a couple champagnes tonight? Yes, I have. Okay, ma'am, let's go. You're not eating after a certain time, but no. you sure are drinking hey, after a certain time. you know what? We got to make it through the way we got to make it through, and here we are, Matt Absolutely, Steele. yes. How are you? You know, this week had a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys. You know. Mostly valleys. <laughs> but you know what? There were some peaks. I love that. So that's we got to appreciate the peaks what, what, what and were the learn peaks? from the a, valleys. Oh shit! <laughs> See, you can't just <laughs> lie to the people. Um, worked on the new poster for Devos. Mm. You know, I love movement with the movie. Yes. That's literally the only thing giving me happiness. I love it. Well, you know, of course, a couple other things. Yeah, people in my life, um, including Matt Palmer. Um, Thank you. I am wonderful. You know, my wonderful family and friends and everything. But, uh, but you heard how I was first, just so we remember. Well, that's because I was staring deep into your And eyes, I also am the best thing that's happening in your life. Sure. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it was it was a pretty eventful week. A lot of learning, a lot of consuming material that, you know, was hard to consume. Mm-hmm. A lot of emotions. Yes. And trying to figure out what to do with those emotions. As, you know, a white person, you're kind yes. of just like, what do I do with these emotions? Oh I'm God. feeling a lot. But all you have to do is just remember... Keep remembering Black Lives Matter. Amplify uh, I the love voices. that people have to remember that. That, that, that yeah, it's just like, like you know, <laughs> amplify the voices that needs me. to be amplified. We were we are gonna get through the rain. Are we? We are. Okay. We absolutely are. Matt Palmer, how was your week? Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was totally a ten out of ten. No, it was a fucking disaster. But you know what? Uh, I feel like. We're making it through. Yes. I feel like there were moments of joy. Uh, and uh, while going to work and hearing people complain about like, oh, we're scared that like someone's going to loot our house while I'm like on a Zoom call with them was like not. Oh. oh. <laughs> not it. And how a former boss of mine said, well, if you need me to come over and crack some skulls, I'll be over. <gasps> what? That was said while I was on a Zoom call this week. Oh. I know. So okay. we all have our moments, um, but otherwise things have been good. I have been, um, you know what? This season I got into summer house. I don't know if you know, uh, yes. and it's so weird. But when like, you know, this whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement is, you know, really reaching a fever pitch when you're seeing how much people devalue black lives. You're it's nice to see insignificant, idiotic white people behaving terribly. <laughs> <laughs> and thus I have started from the beginning of summer house and man. Those twins, yeah, I know you don't know what I'm talking about because you don't know why, but there are these twins called okay. the Workus twins. There's okay. Lauren and Ashley. Ashley is married, Lauren is not. Workus. Workus. Mm-hmm. And they had a big uh It's kind of like the Winklevoss twins it's in the social network. Literally the same. <laughs> and they're the most, and they're like supposed to be the leads of the show. They are the most 
charismatic. Like they have, I've never seen people with less charisma. Oh, <laughs> and like less likable be the lead of a show. It's just wow. like no one would root for them. They got cer- you know unceremoniously fired before season three, and that's when the show gets good apparently. But uh-huh. <laughs> I'm watching these first two seasons. Like man, you two are horrible, oh, and no. like so many of the people on the show are horrible. But it was are, th- are they like horrible people, or are they just like not good leads of a show? It's um both like okay. they're very they were clearly told this is your show this show's uh. gonna be built around you and so they're like the second season the second the second twin who's married is kind of like a friend of and not really on the show but mm-hmm. the first twin Lauren is there and she's just like um I st- since I got the master last season in the summer house I should get the master this season you know like I'm tallest and <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's kind of iconic I mean it's I mean I guess it's funny but it's just like it would be funny if they were likable and I could root for them because they're like they are iconic but you watch them it's like no they're they're not like but it's a bravo <laughs> show you root for the unlikable people you i mean there are people who are horrible and we're gonna get to some of them i mean <laughs> that's the problem it's like why do you root for some unlikable people especially like you know ones on bravo and yes. not root for others i we'll, mean we'll dive into there, that I'm we sure. will dive into it but there are you know sometimes there is an x factor about people mm-hmm. they don't have it okay they, well they but how did it. they get the show i mean they had a lot of they're very attractive like they have like so are a lot of people darling, a lot of people but you are by charisma you, you can't as many nose jobs as you get. You <laughs> Sometimes nose yes. jobs even make you make more boring. Very pretty, and they're very uh, blonde. And there were two of them. That's like you know you'd think that was enough. It wasn't enough. They got it's fired. not the '90s anymore. We shouldn't be like, oh my god, twins. It's not that exciting <laughs> anymore, guys. I mean, it was exciting at the time for Bravo, but they've made the show much better. But I had to start at the beginning because I cared about that. So that was a good thing that happened this week. I also watched um, a very okay gay movie, a uh, gay movie, excuse me. It was called um, called Almost Love. It's starring uh, Chris Evans's brother Scott mm-hmm. and Kate Walsh mm-hmm. and um, a guy who was on that show special, which you know about. I do. And yes. um. The show, the movie was very fine, and Michelle Buteau's in it as well. The movie's very fine. Uh, the most iconic thing about the movie is there is uh, one of the gay characters. Who, in fairness, the two main characters on the the movie are gay. They're they're a couple, and okay. it's very cute. And uh, but one of the lead characters is named. The character's name is Marklin. Uh, <laughs> and truly, I will never forget it. Like someone M- wrote that on yes, a paper. Wrote M A R K. L-I-N, Marklin. 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 Like, I guarantee you in the original script it was just Mark, and, and then they like, were and then they finished the script and they were like, how do I make this more interesting? L-I-N. <laughs> L-I-N. I could just see them adding Truly, L-I-N to every single I was so it was so joyful to see Marklin and like have him come up so much. And I felt like his name was said so many times mm-hmm. in the movie. And truly the movie was fine and like enjoyable. And like, you know, I love to see as far as gay movies go, I feel like there's so many shitty ones that, like, the ones that are kind of good are like, yes, you better work. So, okay. Almost Love, available to rent on Amazon Prime for $3.99, okay. I would recommend. Um, so, yeah, so there were bright spots. That's good. Um, so, uh, do you want, I mean, I honestly have a lot to talk about this week because I did not let's filter out the Black Lives Matter. Uh, oh, let's go. I know, so there's a lot. We're going to start start easy. We're going to ease the people in. Of course. a nice pop music moment. Yeah. To, to, to bookend the Chromatica story. Mm-hmm. Debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 with 274 units sold. Um, equivalent album units. I think it sold actually like copies of albums, like 205,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but with streaming, it was up to 274. It is Lady Gaga's sixth number one on mm-hmm. the Billboard 200, um, including A Star is Born and Cheek to Cheek. Art pop, Born This Way, Joanne. Um, and Wait, uh, so the Fame Monster didn't hit number one on the Billboard 200? No, it didn't. I've got to go. I've got to. St- <laughs> I've got to start another march. I, I, I want to go. Oh, Whoa! Oh. Yes, no. It didn't. Whoa! That's either the fame or the fame monster hit number one. Well, okay, the fame like it was her first album. She was just building her career. True, and but like once Poker but, Face comes out, don't you go out to the store and buy? Sure, but but like there was also a lot of like really amazing. There were a lot of really great albums like around that time and everything but the fame monster there is no excuse hey so she she, was on top of the world she is um 
one of just eight women with at least six number one albums. Lady Gaga joins an elite club, and that club includes Beyonce, Mariah Carey, Britney Spears, Taylor Swift, all with six each. Ahead of them is Barbara Streisand with the most of any woman. Um, bitch, I'm Madonna with nine, and Janet Jackson with seven. So, okay. Wait, um, how many does Barbara Streisand have? Like, oh, 100. she has 11. Of course she does. Yes, I mean, the, so she the, has. The Barbara stands, they buy. They, they do buy. They buy. They, they're still here, and they're still buying. Yeah. So congratulations to Gaga. Congratulations to Kamranica. It's yeah. making history as we speak. So yeah, it's we doing well. Program. Everyone seems to like enjoy it, and Matt Palmer's fine with it. I am fine <laughs> with it. It is a very. F- I had honestly have not listened to it a lot since because there's been a lot going it's on. There's been a lot going on, yeah. Uh, but I will revisit it, and I'm excited to learn more about what I love. I've decided uh, post video that I will ignore the lyrics to Plastic Doll, and I think it's a fucking bop. So okay, I love that chorus. I think it's the best chorus in the album. So thank you, Gaga. Okay. All right. Um, we're gonna start with my. Girl, I can't see the iPad. But maybe good. that's a good thing. I'm, I think I'm it's yes. Be surprised. Come on, right, your storytelling better make it like of work course for it me. is. So, someone had to issue an apology today. Two people did from uh, one of my favorite shows, Vanderpump Rules. Um, I heard about Stassi trending, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't uh, look it up because there were a lot of things trending. Yeah, so. Of course, of course. So Stassi uh, has a history of. Um, Let's just say it. Racist commentary. Uh-huh. She was uh, very public on her podcast, I believe, back in 2017, where she was upset that Moonlight beat La La Land at the Oscars. And she's just like, I don't get why all these people always go up on stage and like all of the African-Americans always go up and talk about how they're underrepresented. And it's like they get all political. And it's like, why aren't we talking about Asians or like Latinos or like anybody else? And it's like, Bitch, we are. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like, how about you just let these people have their moment? Because so, the yes, Asian or Latino movie wasn't even nominated exactly. that year, so that's another problem. But yes, um, and so then also one thing that she did that she had not apologized for in the past was she and her uh, castmate Kristen Doty. Um, they had a former castmate named Faith Stowers. Faith was the only black girl who's ever appeared on Vanderpump Rules. Well, I believe um, Tina was also a friend of early okay. on, but Faith was also in the mix right when Lala was introduced. Faith was introduced. She was she's a military vet veteran the only black girl that's been on the show and she went on some instagram live talk show this week and talked about her experience being on uh, the only black girl on an all-white cast and she said lisa brought her in because she knew that uh the show was getting some backlash for being all white Mm -hmm. and also uh, she wanted her to bring quote unquote some nene leaks energy That's, to, that's to the show and so she always felt that Lisa was disappointed in her because in her season she was very nice to everyone and she didn't really go off and like snap on the girls like Lisa expected well does this girl like in real life have like is she is she like a very bold personality I don't, I, she, or she's it, a, a an art like a veteran she served our country for seven years so I'm sure like people throw like throwing water on her being like you slept with my boyfriend it's yeah. like not really gonna rile her up that yeah. much you know what I mean so she was on the show for one season she got fired for not bringing enough drama Jeez. but then of course Jack cheated on Britney with Faith okay. uh, a few seasons later and uh, so Faith wasn't even a cast member on the show she came on just like as a guest appearance said to the camera basically Jack yeah me and Jack had sex while he was with Britney Sweet. never never appeared for the rest of the season and they talked shit about her the entire season she was invited mm-hmm. to come to the reunion decided not to um, then Then Stassi and Kristen, this is all, I think while the show's filming, but they didn't air it for obvious reasons, but Mm -hmm. they, Kristen sees a show, uh, a, an article in the Daily Mail that's basically like there's a black woman around West Hollywood who has uh, committed some like big and serious murder, like not murders, but like uh, crimes in which like she's drugged men, stolen $300,000 worth of things. There's Mm -hmm. a picture of her from a security, security camera that looks like a much more light skinned black person, but both Kristen and Saucy decide it's it's faith. Wait, like jokingly or no. like oh. they decide it's faith. Uh, they then, over the course of the of months, uh, call the police, uh, call the police department over and over again for months. Kristen has said on podcasts, I called the police for every day for a month because I was like, "This is Faith Stowers. This is Faith. This is Faith. I know it's her." It, uh, have you seen video footage of this person? And does it look? I've like seen a picture, faith. and no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> 
so uh, a trembling breath. It's I have just it's breath. truly like and so now that Kristen and Stasi are now posting all of this Black Lives Matter stuff, it's just like, well, do you remember when you literally hunted this girl? Just because she like cheated on the husband of your friend, who by the way, Kristen, you also you also banged have banged and Stassi, you banged him too. You but all, Kristen really banged. You banged him. him when he wasn't your boyfriend and you had a boyfriend, but you literally just decided to stick up for Britney by calling the police on a black woman without any real and evidence. Literally framing at all. someone, framing someone for horrible, horrible yes. crimes. Yes. Wow. Unbelievable. Cancel the show. It's just truly at this point, and I love this show. And I think there's a new queen in Charlie. I think she, on the reunion, has come out to be an iconic figure. And she basically was like, Jax is a 50-year-old man. I don't know why he talks about me. I wasn't even on Twitter. He's obsessed with me because he wants to bang me. He is just a piece of garbage, and I don't give a fuck what he thinks about me. And it's like, yes! <laughs> that's all we need, but honestly, cancel the show. Cancel the show. show. Spin off about Charlie. Like, give call us, it something yes, else. Call it, you know, Charlie rules. <laughs> like, that's what we want to see. And it's like, we all know if you've seen my history on the YouTube channel and maybe be on this podcast, I'm sure I have loved Stassi. Yeah. I really have given her as many benefits of the doubt as I could. She was always a problematic fave of mine, but it's just like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, this really? Is this is so bad. And they clearly coordinated their apologies. They both put out Instagram apologies at the exact same time that, like, seem to have the exact same verbiage. Today. Why would they even say this out loud? Like, how stupid they can were, be? And it wasn't even like, we're saying it and we're so embarrassed. It's like, we're proud of it. It was in 2017. Like so we're before, fighting the good fight. Or like, oh my God, Faith is such a bitch. I didn't even want to say her name. But like, yeah, we were... Fuck, we called the police every day and they don't care. I don't know why they didn't care, but we like, we like solved a crime. Actually, you know what? Screw Charlie. I want to spin off about Faith. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Honestly, if they don't cancel the show, they have to bring Faith back. Bring oh, yeah. Faith back and it needs to be centered about Faith and Charlie. Well, because and everyone is team Faith. I mean, exactly. people will support this show because they're just like, yeah, Faith. Yes, you better work. Faith. First of all, you better bang that hot guy, <laughs> even though he sucks. But like, man. I know. You better it's fight Lisa. So you better. It's just like, Oof. how dare you do this? How dare you do this? Like, and like, it's beyond like, how dare you do this? But like, to be so vocally like, I so these are the black businesses I support. I was very much like, look at Stassi doing all of this good work. And then I look and I hear, I the way she talks about it too, even when you read it, it's one thing. It's like, oh, you're an awful person. But then you hear her talk about it with such flippancy and such like, just like, oh, I'm in the right. And it's like all of this, what I'm doing is so valid and legitimate. And it's like you, this is so disgusting. Like it makes my skin crawl and like, maybe she'll apologize again. Maybe I'll forgive her. She is good TV. I cannot argue that. But like you, like, I hope she's done some evolving and growing. Like she said she had in her, you know, PR written apology, but it's just like, like how could you be that person I cannot believe more people aren't talking about this like this is very very bad like this isn't just like like like, coming out and being like oh like oh yeah Lee Michelle was mean to me on set and everything which we'll get to which we'll obviously (laughs) get to but this is these are two people who were actively framing someone for a high crime it's exactly what Amy Cooper did in the fucking, you know, in, in Central Park. It's like Ooh. a black person has upset me and so I will call the police on them. Yeah, but not even like, oh, he's threatening me. Like, oh, this person drugs people and right. like is actively, ooh, yeah, that's, a, it's more it's, extreme than that. I even. mean, both of them are lies. Uh, of both course, of both of them are lies and terrible, but like this is, Oof. I know. So everyone keep an eye out. Watch the space. I, you know, I, I will see how I, I it's hard because I have loved her because she has been great TV. But like as a person, you've got to fix yourself, Stas. Like I this is not acceptable. Kristen's kind of been garbage all around. So I have less hope for her. But Remember maybe, that time we saw her comedy show? I do. We went to her comedy <laughs> show. It was not good. It, you know, I was not good. She had a little two minute stand up bit and we were like, OK, you're like, OK, OK. Okay, what let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, from one of my shows to one of your shows, mm-hmm. Big Brother is eyeing an all-star season. That's rumored every every year. So you this don't believe time. it? But everyone is kind of like, if they were to do it, this would be the year to okay. do it. It's an easy get. You already know the people. You literally can just 
throw them in the house. There doesn't need to be a casting process. And no one else has anything. To, all those people don't have anything to do because we're course, all quarantined. Yeah. All I have to say is if it's an all-stars, justice for Jody from Big Brother 14, who was kicked off the very first night. Mm. <laughs> she was like the first person who like was kicked off the first night because they had to have like an elimination immediately. Right. And so everyone's just like, Jody, 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 we she love you. a black you. girl? Yes. Oh, Remember, you watched, that was the first season you watched with is me. Is this the racist season? 14? No, no, no. no, no. That was, someone else came out and talked about that one. Jesse, I think. Oh, Jesse, like, yeah. Yes. From season 15 yes, made a statement she about, made a it, statement about it. Yeah, yeah, no, Jody, Jody was great, so I'm kind of hoping that she's there. I'm assuming if it's an all-star season, Nicole will be back. I But hasn't she already been on a like she's how many seasons has Nicole been there? Nicole? Like Nicole from last season? No, I'm thinking Nicole. The blonde with Nicole the blonde who Nicole. won she was on 16 and then she won season 18. And that's enough. Oh no, right? she's retired. She's, okay, she's, she's like, Thank I'm you. never going back in. Okay. Um and especially because she's won. She's like, I have nothing right, else what's to the point? Get out of here. No, Nicole from last season. Oh, there will be vindication for Nicole from BB. Why didn't she win last year? Last year she lost the final com- final head of Why? competition. Because she lost. I don't know. No. She, <laughs> she wasn't fast enough. I don't know. Oh, that's yeah, too bad. But Nicole was such a queen. All right. Well, but I, I am aware the thing with like Big Brother, it's always bad. They've only had one full all star season and mm-hmm. it was it was good. Like it was a very good season. Yeah. Um, There's one with Janelle. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's the show works when it's just a full all star season. But when it's like all stars mixed with new people, then it's mm. a disaster, like okay. terrible, terrible, terrible. So if they are bringing people back, let it be a full all star season. Okay. That's my only request. If, right. if it even happens. Well, here's hoping that the uh, big brother producers are listening to this podcast right yeah, now. They are. And maybe they are. You never know. Um, did you hear David Oyelowo mm-hmm. said he and the Selma cast and crew faced backlash for supporting Eric Garner the year that their movie was up for Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. So, um, David Yellow says after the cast and crew of uh, Selma wore I Can't Breathe t-shirts in remembrance of Eric Garner, the Academy members said that they were stirring shit and wouldn't vote for the film as it wasn't their place to do that. It was back in 2014. Um, that's a mess. That's an absolute mess. <laughs> like, uh, and then Ava confirmed the story and didn't like the Academy come out and say something being like, oh, like we hear you. And like, we yeah, know. yeah. The, the whatever intern wrote, whatever. Girl. It's crazy that like professionals who like, and not saying that you should only stand for a cause for your reputation, but like with reputations at stake, yeah. will literally like say out loud. I can't believe you did this. I'm not voting for your movie because this is quote unquote not your place, especially it's when it's a like, political that's movie. The thing. Like it's, that's nuts, especially when the movie's very much on the right side of history. Yes, exactly. And so that's the thing. And, like, and an excellent movie. I did love Selma. Oh, it's I so love good. Selma. Really, my only complaint in Selma is that David David Oyelowo's so attractive that it's kind of distracting. <laughs> it's like I shouldn't be like wanting to make out with Martin Luther King Jr. during the movie, but you know what? Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, sometimes, you sometimes know, it happens. The urge um, comes. Yeah, that's a, that's fucked up. And it's the thing up. is, like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, now with you know what we'll get to with Leah Michelle, but it's just like. The fact that it has run so rampant, that's racism in every aspect of life. Like, Mm -hmm. we're only hearing about the entertainment stories because obviously they're, like, the most clickable. Like, we all have engaged with this entertainment in one way or another. But, Mm -hmm. like, we know that this is something that's happening in every facet of the world and every facet of, um, you know, any sort of occupation. There is an an issue here. It's just, Mm -hmm. like... Shit, how are we going to fix, like, even if, truly, even if we do defund the police, even if everybody follows uh, Minneapolis's lead and, like, all of the police departments are disbanded and everything's come up and, with like, more, built like, up with, built up with into new systems and yes, everything. Yes, new social systems. It's like, but that's just one. I mean, obviously, p- people won't die, hopefully, in other mm-hmm. aspects of life, but it's like, how do we, it's, it's, I don't mean to be depressing. But it's It's hard. It's a depressing week. Be depressing. It's hard not to feel helpless. It's like that's what this country was built on was racism. That's how everything works. That was literally the economy of the country until, you know, slavery was abolished. So it's it's, like. It's what most of the world was built on. Like people are just like, oh, only in America, only in America. And it's like Europe is racist as hell. Oh, no. Absolutely it is. It's just not always written into the fabric of the country. Well, especially because America is like such an insanely diverse country. Like, Mm. is that's why. 
why it is so much on the forefront and everything, whereas Europeans can be kind of quiet about their I, and, and they think because, like, you know, oh, well, we, the slavery wasn't like that here. Or, you know, it's like they think we're not racist. Like, you see, was that Jane Elliott? Is that the teacher lady that you always see, like, the white lady who's trying to explain yeah, racism yeah. to white people? Uh, and she's... the. the time she stopped filming those uh, specials was when she was in the UK because they were digging their heels in so fucking much about like well we're not racist and like that's not racist and like this isn't and she's like I'm the only people she couldn't reach in filming were the people in the UK because they just were so adamant that oh. there was no problem. Well, I mean, all the thing with like, you think Ugh. you think history is entrenched in America? History is entrenched in right. Europe. Like, they go back bajillions, bajillions, bajillions. Like, that culture is just, they are so accustomed to their ways. And so, so they just like, don't talk about it. Oh it's, 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 and when I, it's really kind of when I see people in America sort of glamorizing like well in Denmark they have this and mm. like this country they have this and it's like yes these countries are also insanely <laughs> right like don't glamorize these countries that also have very bad problems themselves right you know? right they just didn't you know yeah have slaves as recently as we did yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> um the did you well, speaking of like the academy stuff like are we going to talk about the Griffin Matthews that uh, was my next story okay so let's please go, tell girl. the people uh, Griffin Matthews of Dear White People condemns racism on Broadway, starts Broadway is racist. And so I assume, I assume a lot of people listening to this podcast have probably watched this video of Griffin Matthews explaining what happened with his play. And it's a musical or is it a play? It was a off-Broadway, off-Broadway musical. musical. Okay, okay. Uh, and so could you tell the people what exactly happened? Like, or do you? Um, well, I can't tell exactly what happened. The, right. In the video, he talks about his experience um producing the musical that he wrote right um, witness uganda previously titled invisible yes, thread it was, it was called invisible thread off broadway and then as the years have passed they changed the title to witness uganda okay. and he basically in the seven minute video talks about the process of how he was constantly told things like the um the title needs to change uh you can't cast these black people because they're quote unquote not black enough they, yeah and just the tiny microaggressions that happen from the producer's standpoint. Yeah. And uh, so basically saying the thing is with Broadway, I find that Broadway, the performers, there's a lot of diversity in the performances, but Griffin Matthews points out like there is no diversity mm-hmm. in the higher ups, right. in the production, in the production yeah. staff and the producers and everything. All these producers, they go up and accept a Tony award for a black show and they're all white. You I know? saw a great uh, like Twitter about a great tweet about that. It was like the cast of, of Once, Once on, on the, the Silent Island. and then all the producers. Yeah. And, you know, it. it's, no, it's definitely great. something to think about. No Broadway theater is. um uh, owned by a person of color. And so mm. now they're trying to, there's a petition to make the Apollo theater an official Broadway theater. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, we have to see what the Apollo wants to do about that. Cause they mostly host like concerts and everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, he, he definitely brings up a lot of points. I can't speak directly on his personal experiences right. with the direct. He's, uh, he talks about the director Diane Paulus yes, and everything. Yes, he says uh, her black experience is strictly about money and profits. She has no. I don't know if this is actually her. This is a producer or someone involved. That's. In the I show. think he's talking about the the producer. The producer. Okay. He said that Diane Paulus said to him during like a heated production. Uh, meeting, I don't work for you. Mm, and, um, but she actually did work for him. Yes. Either. Basically, the director works to bring the play to life. Right. Right. Um, so uh, speaking to about the producer, he says her black experience is strictly about money and profits. She has no real black friends and has never needed to have them because that's not part of the equation for of raising uh, to the pinnacle of success on Broadway. Think about that. White people literally need not one black person to become a Broadway sensation, to become a millionaire, to become a Tony winner, to become Broadway history. Not one black person is needed to achieve that. And that is why Broadway is racist. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I I don't, I've not worked on Broadway. I don't know the, how the whole system works, but I'm happy he made this video because, yeah. you know, I love the Broadway community. I love the Broadways. I love <laughs> I, I love the theater people. They are my people. I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. There is, I'm not going to say a delusionment. Sounds <laughs> is like that a, a word? Delusionment? <laughs> we'll say it is we'll for say, the there podcast. Is, there is a... Uh, some an annoying thing amongst the theater community that's just like Broadway is a community. We we're not like Hollywood. We're not shallow like Hollywood. <laughs> Our, like you know we we're inclusive and supportive and everything. And it's it's a little annoying because yeah. it's just like guys, Broadway 
is just as shallow as Hollywood. I'm sorry it is. It, It just is. It flat out is. The experiences I've had with casting directors for theater, I have the same problems with them as I have as in the ones in Hollywood right. and everything. So I'm just happy it was brought up. I'm, I, I, I thought it was a fun video. And, hey. at, and at the very end, he was just like, and one more thing, <laughs> the book of Mormon is racist. Hey. <laughs> and you know what? I've never listened to the book of Mormon in full, but I knew what the concept was. And I think I heard one song and I was like, Nope, <laughs> I don't want to hear this. So it made me feel better. Cause for a while I was like, should I give this more of a chance? Should I give this a listen? And it's like, you know what? I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that. Thank you. I think he, he brings up a valid point. Like, and who am I to tell him what he finds racist right. or not? You exactly. Know, so. Well, speaking of problematic faves, yeah, well, not our faves specifically. A, girl, we know, don't read do nothing. We, care? we don't read shit. <laughs> I was talking to. Oh, no, we were at like a, a like a happy hour, a socially distanced happy hour. Jackson, and he was like, "Oh yeah, their podcast is about literally every form of media except books." <laughs> Like you, bitch. But uh, true, (laughs) but rude. Now Um, we're gonna build a new audience. We're gonna talk about some books. We are, and to speak of a book, Mm -hmm. poor Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Potter can't just live because people loved those fucking books. They love those books. And like, if J.K. had just not gotten a Twitter account, (laughs) this would have been fine. Because every other week, she's like, you know, (laughs) it's like, wait, girl, like we're not even talking about this. Do you see what's happening in the world right now? If you have not been on Twitter today, I guess this was today, maybe yesterday. This was like late last night. Late last night. Okay. So there is a um, article that was written called Opinion, um, Creating a More Equal Post-COVID World for People Who Menstruate, which is literally the most non-offensive title I could even think of. Yeah, sure. Because that just like is fine. Yeah. And J.K. Rowling was offended Mm. and had to take to Twitter Mm -hmm. and express her turf views. And she says, people who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wombin, Wimpund, Woomud. Because the only people who menstruate in J.K. Rowling's world are women. Self-identified women. Well, you did. Did you read like her other tweets? Oh, I'm going to them. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Um, so JK has gone on and on and on about this. She, for whatever reason, has really dug her heels in about being a, and by the way, TERF stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist, I believe. I forget. I believe that's what it stands for. So she's saying that all the trans people, all the trans women out there uh, should have their, basically have their own category. And like them, like uh, making sure that they be referred to as women is just taking away my biological womanhood, my sex away from me. She tweets, if sex isn't real, there's no same sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is released. The ability to uh, many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. The whole, like, that argument about, like, same-sex attraction isn't real if sex is real is kind of just like, well, I mean, people are attracted to, like, gender. Yes, so, like, exactly. It, you know, but, so that's kind of strange. A, it's kind of just like, girl, where did this come from? He, she tweets every, like, two months or something, something, and everyone's just like, girl, stop, and she's stop. not stopping. I, she, um, yes. But I find that J.K. Rowling is kind of like the Gina Rodriguez of cisgendered women. <laughs> like, it's kind of like she wants to support women so to do that she is trashing another group it's like like why it's it's like because you know there is a lot of debate about rhetoric about like sex and gender and everything even Mm. like it's a big debate even amongst people in the transgender community you know so you can talk about it for days and weeks and years but she just why do you have to fully like purposely exclude this other group just to it's like she only her only womanhood is dependent on the fact that trans women aren't included or and it's just like the thing is the the article title of tr- people who menstruate includes trans men who still menstruate and it's just like why is that offensive to you why is the idea that like there are people that don't identify as women who also get their period and it's like the idea of what if there's a woman out there a biological cisgendered woman who, does, a, not who does not menstruate yeah is she not a woman yeah. jk yeah. like if a That's person has gone through uh Oh gosh, what is that when women get older? Men, <laughs> Men, menopause. <laughs> menopause. Is she not a woman, JK? Like, it's such a strange 
like hill to die on for her. I don't know yeah. why. Like she could have ended her career being like the most beloved author. And I'm sure she will be remembered as that. But this will always be a mark on her record. The yeah. fact that she's so obsessed with excluding trans people from womanhood. It just is like, how does this benefit you? What does this do for you? I'm sure there are so many trans people who read your books and were so inspired being like, oh, look at how she speaks about minorities, about people outside of the mainstream of people. And then they took it on as like, maybe people outside of the binary maybe those are the people she loves as well and she mm. has gone out of her way to make it a point to be like no no not you yeah it's just kind of, and she like says in her tweets like look I love and support trans people and everything but it's kind of like then girl why do you keep dragging them yes. like, why, why do you it's like keep keep my name out your mouth exactly. well, no, not, not my name but like you know why are you it's so obsessed with exactly me? It's, that it's not even it so much exactly like it's that. just like why it's not even so much like exactly like what it's just why are you so obsessed yes, with me like it's it's we weren't even talking about this yeah There's we're talking about black lives matter exactly. right now exactly we are talking about is. anti-blackness at the moment and the fact that black people are being killed at the hands of police you're gonna jump in and be like by the way trans women way. aren't women <laughs> It's like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> like, what What does this do? What yeah. does this do? I don't understand. I don't I don't get it. If, if there's a JK stan out there who can email us and tell us what she's getting out of this whole thing, I would love to hear it because I'm, I'm not seeing it. Like, yeah. I just don't, like, what? Like, girl, write it in your journal, your bad ideas, and, like, we don't need to hear about it because it's dumb. You're spreading idi- idi- idiocracy. Yeah. You know the power that, like, your words ha- have so, like, Use them more wisely or don't use them. Don't, yes, exactly. It costs like you nothing to shut the fuck up. And I don't know why she and Stasi and all of the people out there don't just think like maybe I'm not the most knowledgeable person on this subject. And maybe yeah. if I get this much blowback, I just won't say anything. Yeah, it's it's I, it's everyone is just trying to make this. Sm- and that's such a problem I have like with social media nowadays kind of is everyone is just trying so hard to be the smartest person in the room. Right. It's kind of just like maybe just like listen and, exactly. and and take some time before you tweet something. It's it's you don't have to prove anything. No. Like I have no problem saying, you know what? I don't know enough about this to comment. Oh my God. I don't know anything about police brutality or anything. It's so heartbreaking to like watch all these videos and just be like I want to say something, but I don't know what to right. say. Like I, and I just sort of have to live in that. Yeah. You know, it's okay to not know what to say. Right. I mean, and then there's also avenues for you to learn. You can yes. also look things up. You know, you know where you could find things where you could learn about it because clearly this is a hot button issue. But to be like, I don't know anything about it, so it must not exist, and I'm going to tweet about how it doesn't exist. It's just completely irresponsible and short-sighted and insane. Even if she were to be like, hey, I think maybe this. Can someone explain the other side to me? Like, can we have a dialogue about this? But her sort of absolutism is kind of like... She should text a friend about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, now she should. She really should, because we've heard enough. Um, (laughs) Yeah, at this point, it's kind of just like... It's just like, no, no, no. The ship has sailed. It's like Stassi, like, the ship sailed. The ship has sailed. And honestly, truly, Stassi, just every time that something else comes up, every time a... Like, make all the apologies you want and just get prepared to make more. Because, Mm -hmm. like... What you said was entirely fucked up and you have a podcast and you made it really public and like the internet is written in ink and so it will always come back up for you. Oh. It's just going to be a part of your story. Well, and the Stasi thing is psychotic. I mean, like, I can't and, sh- and illegal? <laughs> like, I mean, yes. Illegal? Like, okay, I can't keep talking about her. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Lil Mix, um, one of the members, Leanne Pinnock, spoke on racism. She is the black girl in the group. And okay. if you uh, you should watch it. It's like a five-minute IGTV video. And obviously, I clicked on it for many reasons. But also, we just uh, reviewed one of their albums for a Patreon request. Mm-hmm. And so I was feeling soft towards them. But okay. no, I, I watched her video. And she was explaining what it was like being a uh, a mixed race. I think she's half black, half white. And she's being a mixed race person, a black person in Little Mix. And she's like, it's hard being the black girl in the group and when I was filming one of my music videos Frank Gaston who as a choreographer I believe he choreographed single ladies I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. uh, he, oh so he's a genius okay. oh yes he's a genius <laughs> that is in the world and uh, he said to her by the way just so you know you have to work 10 times harder because you're the black girl mm-hmm. and she was so young and had only experienced like school life up until that point she's like at that point I didn't know what he meant I was confused mm-hmm. when he said that and as I've moved my through my career I 
understand it more and more now. And she's like, you don't know what it feels like to perform for crowds where you know you're the least favored and you know that they're mm. not there rooting for you. Like they're there supporting people that look like them. And I, she's like, I know how lonely it feels to perform only in cities and countries and situations in which it's an all white crowd and no one's there for me. And it's just like, it's I would have been so, there for you, girl. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she was definitely like the favorite of you know some of them. But the, I that's yes, a, an excellent an point, excellent point, and that's, it was beautiful and heartbreaking and terrible. And like she's like, and the thing is, when you're in this industry, you just like grab onto the little things. You go to these events and you see other black creatives around, and you like love them so much. As much as like, I'm sure Little Mix is her sisters, and they you know like they, they seem to have a very good relationship. But it's like they don't understand exactly how she feels going mm-hmm. through all this. And then it's also once, you know, I was reading through that and I was looking through comments. I saw that Normani had tweeted underneath her and she said, I am you and uh, you are me. And I know exactly how you feel. I will always have, I will always love you. I want Mel B's statement. Exactly. <laughs> Cause Mel B was the first. Yeah. She was the, I mean, maybe not the first, I'm sure there were mixed race groups <laughs> or the spice girls, but like giant, but pop she groups. was the best. And so, well, <laughs> But like giant pop groups in which there is one black girl Mm -hmm. like come like this is a like that's the thing. It's like growing up as, you know, a black person in a like uh, a majority white space. You kind of and your initial thought is like, oh, we're all equal. I'm a young child. We're all equal. Everyone treat everyone the same. That's what they taught me in preschool. It's all going to be the same. We're all going to be feel the same thing. And then as you grow older and get more and more interactions with the world, you realize like, oh, it doesn't matter where I grew up. It doesn't matter what school mm-hmm. I went to. It doesn't matter I- anything that I thought would e- make this an even playing field. It does not because well, if you like enter the workforce ex- suddenly, you exactly. enter a world of competition. Exactly, yeah. and it's just like you know why I, I truly and like everybody has their point, and that's what uh, Leanne says in her video is like everyone has a point in their life and career. Every black person who was raised in that way re- has a point in their life and career where they realize like oh this isn't going to help me now. Cause it's like as much as being gay is another, you know, um, another oppressive moment. You can, I can walk in a room and not say anything and no one's going to know I'm gay, but I could walk, I could never walk in a room and no one know I'm black and like have their preconceived notions be placed on me. Like Mm. that's just what happens. Yeah. And so it just is one of those things where you see this kind of police brutality. You see this oppression happening on video and you, there's, you have no, way to disconnect yourself from it because it's like there if I was to run into a police officer I could be me I could be George Floyd I could be Breonna Taylor I could be anyone my upbringing where I came from what schools I went to make no difference and I just I don't know I felt like watching that video of her and seeing Normani co-sign it really made me feel something and I I urge us all to watch it because you know I I, I'm sorry I've talked about this so much on videos on last week's podcast, but I, I don't know if anyone really gets what it feels like. And as much, you know, growing up, I would interact with black people like at my church who would like, you know, chastise or even at my school who would chastise me for being too white for whatever reason. And, you know, it took me a long time to realize, you know what, even though that my black experience was not their black experience, my experience is a uniquely black one Mm -hmm. like it's not like my experience is my white classmates experience because it's not it's completely different and I just think we all need to realize that and rationalize that I'm sure every black person listening to this is like yeah bitch I got there too (laughs) but got it I got it let's move on but like it's just you know, something to be said. And it's you know just, all the white people are like, ooh, tell me more. I know. Well, sweetie, <laughs> there are books you can read about it. You can write in a journal about it. Just don't email me about it. <laughs> but last but not least, because, of course, there has to be a light. Man. <laughs> and I mean, is it a light? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Man. I feel like as soon as we recorded the podcast last week. <laughs> Maybe a day later. It was a day. I think it was the Monday. Day afterwards. I think it was Monday night. We we went on Twitter. <laughs> and Leah Michelle had tweeted in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. She said, George Floyd did not deserve this. This was not an isolated incident and it must end. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Seems like a very innocuous tweet on the right side of history. You know, claps for Leah. Yes. 
Former former castmate on Glee, uh, Sammy Ware tweets, LMAO, remember, all caps if we're not unclear, remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig, amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. And this set off a Firestorm Firestorm. of people tweeting about how Leah Michelle has treated them like shit in every single professional setting, starting from when she was 12 years old. Guys, (laughs) I did a production of The Sound of Music with Elizabeth Lumberg. She was Brigitte and I was Kurt. Now Elizabeth Aldrich. Now Elizabeth Aldrich. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, my and so she played my sister in The Sound of Music. She Got a Twitter account for this occasion. <laughs> Icon. To talk about she was Lee Michelle's understudy and then replacement in Ragtime, in the iconic musical Ragtime 1998, mm. as we all remember. Um, <laughs> and to say Lee Michelle <laughs> was. Were you able to read it? Was, why not? From Elizabeth Aldrich. I was Lee Michelle's understudy in Ragtime. She was absolutely awful to me and the ensemble. She demeaned the crew and threatened to have. Uh, people fired if she was in any way displeased. I used to cry every night when, uh, from the mean and manipulative things she would do. She was 12. She was terrifying. <laughs> I get them. Here's the thing is it's just like everyone knew about this. That's Every, the thing. Like this, this was is not, not a surprise. Anyone who didn't know this, like where have you been? Cause in the Broadway community, literally like since spring awakening, everyone immediately when she started in spring awakening, it was a known thing. Like Leah Michelle is horrible to work with. Like, really? Oh my! Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's why uh, when she and Jonathan Groff were like buddy buddy so much, everyone was kind of just like, Jonathan, what are you doing? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I hear he's very nice. Yeah, and so I'm like a sweetie. And so, so it was kind of like a known thing. And then when she was cast in Glee, everyone was kind of just like, oh, they gave her work. I, I wonder how this is working out Wild. and everything. And then it gradually came out more and more that she was not as nice on the Glee set either. Apparently, she called all of the. I mean, from the stories I've read online, she called the uh, any sort of extras. Um, Cockroaches. She also, when she was in line, as someone worked as like a caterer for Glee, she was the first in line and got some soup, had a a bite of the soup or like a slurp of it. I don't know what I do with soup. Um, Had some soup, made a gross face, spit the soup back in the jug where everyone was going (gasps) to be eating out of. And the reason I'm laughing is Wait, not who the, told this story? It was a Twitter one. Another uh, Twitter see, one. the thing, the thi- a slight problem I've been having with this is like, since it set off such a firestorm, uh, just a barrage of tweets came through people being like, I was an, an extra for like one episode and, I, and she did this insane, like insane thing that no human being would do. So I'm kind of just like, I believe is this a every fact? single I one. I don't necessarily <laughs> believe every single one. Uh, someone I, I, someone I, I know tweeted it. something about her and everything and, I, and he's, in my opinion, um, a liar, oh. <laughs> and, and so I was just like, I don't believe this story, I sir. I'm not gonna. Name I names, believe, of course, everyone. but like, and so, um, so that that's like one little issue I had with this is kind of just like, okay, like some of these tweets may not be real. Let's not like believe all of them. Um, Heather Morris tweeted. <laughs> Heather, Heather Morris's statement. Yes, I liked Amber Riley's statement. Amber's is very nice. Yes, I like. I liked what Amber. Nice. She basically said like, yeah. She was bad to deal with on set. Bad things are happening in the world. Let's talk about that. Yes. <laughs> you know? And she was also like, Leah Michelle is pregnant. Let's not really go yes. in on her that much. Like yes. she's carrying a child, which is fair. Yes. And, and an, nice. And another like thing I thought about for a second is kind of just like, well, why do we celebrate the horrible bitchy behavior of like housewives and everything? But we didn't. Well, have it's, a that with is different. Leah. That is different. That is horrible bitchy behavior for entertainment purposes mm-hmm. and also for a show. If a housewife was rude to production mm-hmm. and like a complete bitch to production, we wouldn't like that either. Yeah. It's like you're at your job. A part of your job is being a bitch to Yeah, it's too, and and that's sort of like the sacrifice you make. Like you risk yes. your entire exactly. name and everything exactly. for this money and everything. Yes. And and the point of the show is to be this character. The so, point of so being ragtime I, was not threatening to fire <laughs> extras or whatever people in the ensemble. Like it's just crazy and the reason that I find this funny is not because this is behavior that I condone but only because every story was more insane than the next and it was 
just like, is this girl Medusa? Like, is she just truly? And if she's that horrible, how have you guys nuts? I mean, I guess we all knew, but no one said anything until now. Like, yeah, like how is she getting? And like, like how yeah. horrible it was the Glee set? Because literally, the mo- the biggest defense of her that I saw from a Glee person was basically like, well, some of those men were horrible too, and they deserved to be called out too. And I'm like. Call them oh, out because I am ready. Like I, I feel like the tell all about Glee is going to be twelve times more interesting than Glee ever. Oh my was. god, absolutely! And we need it. We need it. My very good friend <gasps> is Gasp. a Leah Michelle stan. Woo. Like hardcore loves Leah Michelle. He or and she? He and he Who knows. Stands Leah he, Michelle. And he he knows he knew the rumors about Leah Michelle for years and everything. But he was just like, you know what? I accept them. And I I her performance on the show moved me so much. I could on the show Glee. Yes, <laughs> like like I could relate to this character and everything. I loved her so much. Yes, he he stand her hardcore. Wow. And so I texted him and. <laughs> <laughs> like during this whole thing and I was just like girl how you doing <laughs> how you hanging in there and he's like you know it's been really hard I know like I stand her but like you know I, I'm not a terrible person please don't think I am and, he, and then he texts me he's like please don't shit in my wig <laughs> And I was like, girl, if anyone were to shit in your wig, I would shit in my own wig and wear it and walk out with you in solidarity because no one's going to touch you. That's very weird support, but fine. (laughs) (laughs) I just truly during all this horrible shit that was happening, like it just brought me joy. The the phrase shit in my wig. By itself. It's oh my just God, it's so going to be in Devo's too. incredibly funny. Like, it's just, I'm, again, I'm not condoning this behavior. And Amber Riley said, basically, I don't know that she's a racist. I would not call her a racist. She just is very unpleasant to work with, which was Heather's, uh, Heather Morris's comments yeah. about her. Like, yeah, I liked their comments because they addressed it. But yes. Was on. she unpleasant to work with? Very much so. <laughs> Truly my favorite And phrase. Heather Morris has worked with the true diva, Beyonce. I know. Like, and I, I mean to refer to someone else as... And the thing is, I don't think Beyonce seems difficult. Oh Maybe my God, to herself. I mean, like, sh- and like uh, expecting a high performance. I'm sure but. Beyonce is just very direct. Yes. Like just very direct. And as a dancer, especially a dancer, yeah. because dancers are just like, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me how you want me to do it. Tell me where to stand. I'll do it. Um. So, so I guarantee you Beyonce is... Good to work with with the dancers. Yeah, like I mean, I couldn't see why she wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she's also wonderful. Did you watch her graduation commencement? Speech? Not all of it oh, yet. It's beautiful. She's so beautiful. She's like, perfect. Just watching, I watched thirty seconds. Like God, how does she look like that in quarantine? I look like a fucking ragamuffin. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be back more with. We'll be back with more Two Game Mats podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Game Mats. We just had our break. I just ate an entire bag of these snacks under Matt Palmer's desk. That's a lie. I'm feeling nice and full. I don't like when Matt Steele lies to you, so I, I'm, I'm going to tell you it's a lie. I'm feeling really good and energized for Email My Heart, the section of the podcast where we uh, answer any questions you guys have uh, emailed us. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com, to spell T-W-O. Yes. Uh, so the first email comes from Bruno. Bruno, again, iconic subject line, YouTube is broken in all caps. <laughs> Hi, my name is Bruno. I'm from Brazil and I've been following you guys since the Look What You Made Me Do video reaction. Since then, I've watched all your videos on YouTube and of course... Oh, thank you. Thank you, Bruno. We love you. And of course, been listening to the podcast, which is so funny. Anyway, (laughs) Bruno's email is also very funny. Uh, Bruno's email is amazing. Uh, So we thank you, Bruno. Uh, What I want to ask is, did you ever... Have you ever felt that the name Two Gay Mats holds you guys back? I j- was just asking because every time I want to find you guys, I have to type all the letters, and even then, your channel and videos are not suggested on YouTube search. We all know that LGBTQ plus creators have been harmed by plat- by the platform in the past, and even to this day, the word gay is not suggested in many search mechanisms. So, does this bother you guys? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would like YouTube to, if YouTube is sort of stifling, well, first of all, YouTube should not be stifling uh, a channel just because it has the word gay in the yeah, title. Yeah. Or any sort of LGBTQ channel should not be stifled because some people think that it's like an adult content moment. Because yeah. I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. It should go through the actual channels themselves and exactly. see what is adult content and what is not. And like, okay, we curse sometimes. So like, we are occasionally adult ish. I mean, We're not like for like little kids, is what we're saying. But you know, um, yeah, I, it does bother me. I'm not, 
the most heartbroken from it because we I feel like the people who need to see us find us one way or another and maybe we're just being naive about it but it's just like uh I I don't know yeah it can be it's annoying in theory but I don't think about it most days. Yeah. Well, we also don't make our living being YouTubers. Right. You know? Exactly. So if maybe if we were someone who was actually like pursuing this as like a career career, right. then it would be like, what the yes, hell? Maybe that would be different. Um, but yeah, I, I'd much rather be, I'd much be much more offended by YouTube stifling, like, you know, the trailer for my movie or, oh, or, yes. like, or like your music or something yes, like that. Yes, exactly. You know? That'd be worse. Yeah. So, which maybe they might be doing by the way. So we'll have to double check on that. We'll see. <laughs> um, so Bruno also says, also, I love this. Also, I listened to a podcast that you guys talked about album covers and I decided to create a new logo for your for you guys. I know I might be stepping on someone's toes. I'm excited. But I have to say that I never liked your logo. <laughs> Sorry, but I find it lazy and I wanted to give you guys a chance. Wow. Like, sorry, give you guys a choice. It's simple and it's still clean. If you like it, use it. It's free. If not, just ignore it. Sorry if that was shady, but <laughs> I, I learned from you. <laughs> you know what, Bruno? I appreciate that you can be shady. <laughs> and, and he says, it's your fault, really. Kidding. <laughs> Love you guys. Have a great day. Bruno, I've, I've never loved an email more. I've never cackled more on an email. I love it because I honestly have never thought about our logo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I thought our logo was very fine. I mean, I, I, I like the I on the bonus Patreon thing. We have a little rainbow. Oh, there, you did add a little rainbow. Which it maybe is very cute. Eventually, I'll add that to our, our regular thing. Yeah, um, send me the file when I edit it. Exactly. Yeah. And so, OK, I appreciate his point of view. I respect his point of view. I get that you see that you find it a little lazy. I feel like it's also very clean. What uh, the logo that Bruno sent us, you know, and we love our creative listeners. We love anyone with a pro tool with a, um, uh, a Photoshop account. We love that. I'm just going to preface this by saying <laughs> Matt Palmer is, you know how some people are font snobs. <laughs> Matt Palmer is one of those people. I Feel like Are you kidding? Snob. When we started this channel in 2013, you were just like, everything has to be Helvetica I font. Mean. Helvetica, Helvetica, <laughs> Helvetica. And I was just like, oh my God, calm down. And then I I think I did something once and you were just like, that is not Helvetica. I mean, some of the fonts, you know, that people choose are just a little bit, you know, wingdings for me. And I don't need that. And, you know, uh, I, I like the ingenuity, the ideas. It's very much um, like if, if Two Game Match is on Nickelodeon, this is exactly the like the the logo we would use. Yeah, and uh, oh, absolutely, it's like, it's very cute. Yes, and like it's very Blues Clues, and we love that. We love Steve and whoever replaced him recently. We love that. Okay. <laughs> It's I, I th- and honestly I can't make a logo at all. I have no idea. So like obviously Bruno, you have a talent yes. and you have and you have a skill and everything. Yes. But Matt Palmer's just a font snob. I, I don't feel like a font snob. I feel like it's a little a little young for us. You know, if I was gonna give some feedback, it's just a little youthful. You know, it's feel like it's like a first second graders font, and we love that for them. But it's not for us, and I think that's okay. I mean, you know, Bruno knows we Bruno speaks shade. He understands that this is not trying to be cruel because I. I saw and I was kind of just like this kind of feels like me <laughs> and I was like it's, just not, it's not Matt Palmer though not. I mean honestly Matt Steele what is the font you use on your headshots don't oh, you use Comic no. Sans I, I used Comic Sans like back in like 2013 like back when you could start like picking new fonts from uh, mm. uh, reproductions yeah. and everything um, and I was like ooh I'm gonna try Comic Sans and then I got it printed and I was like you know I did this once I don't I'm not disgusted by Comic Sans like some people are. Right. Um, except when it's on a phone. <laughs> like when it like people <laughs> have, people have their phones? Oh yeah, Android really? users, like the text messages are Comic Sans. Like that that's that's the only time I'm a font snob. Mm. Yeah. Um but like Bruno, we we like really appreciate you like we do. putting in this effort we and do. everything. It's very sweet and I appreciate that. And honestly, like making me think about the logo and everything, because yeah. it's kinda like maybe, you know, we do need a change now. I'm okay with a change. I'm yeah. sure we'll find a great change for that everyone will be happy with. You, me, Bruno, all three of us. Well, let's brainstorm. Yes. Me, Matt Palmer and Bruno. That's that, but you know, the core three. <laughs> That's, that's it, guys. Bruno should be our manager. Maybe. You never. He could be our Matthew Knowles. Oh, my God. 
Uh, is there another one? Oh, oh yeah. There's one from from Blythe. Yes, and we love Blythe. We love Blythe. Blythe uh, not only is our wonderful friend, but she used to be our roommate. That's true. Um, back in the day when two game ads started. Oh my gosh, so um, long ago. So Blythe's subject, you're giving me all my moments. Oh. Blythe, dear Matt and Matt, now that we are quarantined and I don't commute, my podcast consumption has subs- has substantially reduced, and two game ads is now the only podcast I listen to regularly. Oh, that's so sweet. You're uh, created. You've created the perfect balance of acknowledging the total shit storm but then trying not to revel in it the whole time it's the exact tone I need also when describing your podcast to my girlfriends from high school I concluded that two gay mats would frequently be in my weekly list of what is giving me moments thank you oh that's so um, sweet. also I want to give a shout out because you know Blythe supports our podcast yes. so I'm just going to give a shout out to her podcast that she just started um, it is one she has with her friend it's called the sexy books podcast yes. and it's a podcast podcast if you're into romance novels it's uh, her and her friend and they literally like read a romance novel and like dissect it and I like talk it. about like why it's sexy and like why it's erotic <laughs> for them it's really fun Iconic. because I listen to like some episodes of the podcast and I'm just like I don't even need to read the book I'm just like loving hearing them like go off on like yes. why this character turns them on and why this character doesn't yes. it's making me understand like you know the female psyche okay <laughs> <laughs> let's not get crazy <laughs> you know um, so shout out to the sexy book podcast. Yes, we love it. Um, so Blythe's question is, I especially appreciate your news for idiots because yours is the only entertainment news I'm consuming right now and I wouldn't know about Alanis's new album without you. You among gotta other know things. about Alanis, guys. An album I was really excited about but didn't hear you mention was Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutters, which I get because she isn't pop or theatrical, but I love her passion and her melodies, which are not um, intuitive. This album is inspired by Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination and abuse yeah. in the entertainment industry and sisterhood. And Anyway, I wanted to see if the album was on your radar and if you have any thoughts on her in general. We've gotten asked about the Fiona Apple album like a couple times. Yeah. So and I, Blythe is the first one to sort of say like what it was about and everything. Right. I had no idea it was about that. So like, I, I haven't listened to it. I've never listened to any Fiona Apple. I mean, I'm sure you know Criminal. No. Really? I don't know nothing. It was in Hustlers. It was the well, a oh, song was that uh, J-Lo danced to. Okay. Yeah, it's a great song. Cool. I mean, so that email honestly like inspired me. Like, maybe I'll check this album out. Yeah, I I'm want to. I'm not doing anything. I'm in quarantine. So, um, well, not for long. I go back to work at like next week. But, Wild. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so what are your thoughts? I know you haven't listened to the album either. I have not. I know a lot of people are loving this album. Yes. What what are your thoughts on Fiona Apple? In I general? don't know too much about Fiona Apple because again, when she was out with Criminal on her first album, when the Pawn I think is her first album, that actually might be her second album. But um, when she was first coming out with music, it was I was very much like she reminds me of Alanis, but I like Alanis, and so I was like you know picking Alanis over Fiona. But I should be open to her, and I am open to her. I've heard only good things about Fetch the Bolt Cutters, mm-hmm. and want to give it a go. It feels like um, it's a lot of music that's giving people moments these days and making them feel heard. And uh, yeah, it's gotten like rave, rave, rave reviews. Like maybe the best reviewed album of the year. So. Oh damn! Yeah, could it so be up for you know? It could be. Ato by. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. So I definitely need to give it a listen. Uh, I have not gotten to it, but a song that I um, have been listening to and loving and might be coming up a little later in the episode was inspired, Not, I mean, is an artist that Blythe is very into. And so I'm excited to talk about that artist with all of you guys and Blythe specifically. Okay, yes. cool. Well, I guess I'll talk about what's giving me moments. Yes, this what week. is giving you moments? Um, so there are actually a couple things that were giving me moments this week. Okay. Um, the first one, I after I recorded this podcast last Sunday, I watched the new Hannah Gatsby Netflix oh gosh, special how was it? called Douglas. Yeah. And okay. It does not become emotional like um uh what was her first one, Nanette. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're expecting the whole time. Yes. And then she, you know I'm a huge fan of not giving the audiences <laughs> what they want. Because Douglas is excellent. Wow. It is smart. It is And is it just like fully a stand-up special? And it is fully just like straight up comedy making wow. you laugh. And it is hysterical. It's especially the moments where she shines the brightest are definitely where she goes into her art history like mm-hmm. major and she's just dissecting these famous paintings and how they relate to today. Like really just excellently done her ability to um go back to certain jokes is just so Mm. excellent and i'm not 
like a comedy head. Like, you know, obviously I like comedy and everything. I right. love comedians and everything, but I'm not like obsessed with stand up comedy, like in particular. You know, I can enjoy it, but it's not like totally my bag. But like, right. truly, truly excellent. She is so talented, mm. such a great writer, and a very good performer. I, I mean, I can't even compare Douglas to Nanette because they're so different, but they're both so great. So if you haven't checked out either of them, but like if you just literally just want to straight up laugh for an hour, yeah. Douglas is just excellent. I love it. Um, I also, speaking of laughing, another thing that was giving me moments is, okay, I, you know, I'm not a TV show person. Oh I love gosh. how I'm like, I'm, I know. Not, I'm not a comedy person. <laughs> I'm not a TV show person. I know. Um, I started watching, I feel like I always like start watching shows like when they end. I started watching Shit's Creek. Because, you know, I've been recommended it many times. It's great. I love Catherine O'Hara. Love Queen. her. I've always loved her. Queen. She's excellent, excellent, excellent. All waiting for Guffman for your consideration. The Home Alone movies. She's so excellent in those movies. But I was always kind of like, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to Shit's Creek and everything. I'm only like four episodes in. And watching her perform in this TV show is just an outer body experience. She is so unbelievably talented and talented in a way that you're not really getting from comedic actors these days as much like, like she can walk into a room and say hello and it's hysterical. This like the scene I was rolling on the floor laughing from, and you know, it takes a lot to like, have like a visceral like reaction like when totally. watching something like, even if I'm enjoying something so much I'm usually very quiet <laughs> and then when it's over I was just like that was incredible um rolling on the floor laughing in the scene where she is like teaching the kids in this school like acting and everything and diving into her own insecurities as an actress <laughs> just so expertly done she She's is brilliant. she is a brilliant brilliant woman I want her to play Carol Channing in a Carol Channing <laughs> biopic. Like she is the one to do it. Wow. Let's get on this now. Because I would love she it. She can do it. She let's do it go America. Uh, let's let's go America. <laughs> indeed. Um, well, what's been giving me moments this week uh, is have you heard the new Chloe and Hallie song called do it? <gasps> Blythe loves Chloe she and Hallie. loves Chloe and Hallie, and I feel like Do It is finally going to be my introduction into them. Uh-huh. I knew they put out music before. I knew they put out an album called The Kids Are All Right, and I'm going to start listening to it because this song. Oh, my God. It's like if Aaliyah made a song in 2020. Okay. Like, it is so... They have such beautiful, airy, like, head voice voices that don't mm-hmm. sound out of place mm-hmm. in a song that is like rhythmic and R&B and like mid tempo and contemporary and I just I just think they're such talented young women who clearly have worked on their harmonies so well together and whenever mm-hmm. it, and the video is such a joy the way they're like smiling and dancing at each other they just performed it at the like 2020 um, you know digital graduation virtual graduation for the class of 2020 and it was unbelievable and it's just like these girls are so like the future and I can't not look at Hallie and think like, God, you're going to be the perfect Ariel. Damn. <laughs> She's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. I should get into them. I should watch them. I remember they sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl like a year ago, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Something um, like And I, I've never heard like a song of theirs before, yes. but I remember watching them sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl and just being like the precision these That's girls have is. with each other yes. is so excellent. You yes. can tell they work so hard yes. and are so laser focused yes. and we love to see it. We love a polish. We love a polish <laughs> here at two game ads. And yes, I absolutely agree. I think do it is such a classic and I'm excited for the album. It comes out on Friday. I believe it was delayed a week um, as a result of the black lives matter movement and uh, the George Floyd's murder and all of that. So it's coming out this Friday. I can't wait to listen to it. I'm so excited about them and I just need to give them a go. Cause you know, I have trouble with very young people doing, music but they're becoming more of age in my eyes and they're just doing they're putting out excellent work every time I hear them so I mean I have no choice but to stand good for them Chloe and Howling Chloe and Howling the next queens here we go here we go 2020 some good things happen. when it starts again 2020 yes when it happens when we're again. back oh my god uh, well guys thank you guys so much for listening we had like a bit of a longer episode oh this is the longest podcast we've ever oh had oh my gosh I mean this believe? also felt like a very long week so it did. so fitting. it was appropriate it feels like we've you know fit an entire three month time into one <laughs> podcast episode uh, thank you guys so much for listening and we love you very much yeah thank you thank you to all our supporters and listeners we love you yes we love you and we'll be back soon with more 2K Mats podcast bye bye 